Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And I love it because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I don't talk about it a ton, but I have a fishing company. Five years ago, actually five years ago this month, my best friend Aaron and I started a bass fishing weight company called Woo Tungsten because woo is the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. So we sell tungsten weights for bass fishing and Shopify has made it so incredibly easy. They have all the tools and the resources that we need. No matter how big or small your business is, they just make it so effortless. And like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. And you can reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, which is something we use a ton. More than just a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business today with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shopify.com slash bluewire. Welcome, welcome back to another very special episode of Man to Man Pod. I'm yours truly, Darius Butler, one half of the pod. Got my co-host, Antoine Bethay. Yo, yo. We got a very, very, very special guest with us today, co-host of The Herd, uh, host of The Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio, and uh, CEO, uh, founder of The Joy Taylor Foundation as well. Joy Taylor, what's up? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, sure. How's uh, free agency treat you so far in your work day? It's been crazy, right? It's been a wild couple of weeks. I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big anarchy person. The more going <laughs> on, the better. I mean, we're in the content business. So, you know, I want stuff to be interesting. I want people to be moving and shaking. Like, that's, that's good for us. I think it's good for fans, too. Mm-hmm. I know people get you know, a little upset sometimes with the stars who, you know, force their way out. But at the end of the day, it makes it more interesting for fans. I think it makes it, it puts more pressure on organizations not to make big mistakes or treat people yep. badly. So mm-hmm. I like it. It's It's been great. And it's been a wild, wild month. Yeah. So we speaking on, we sp- ahead, speaking bro. on free, free agency, um, any surprise moves so far? Um, any moves that, you know, 
made you raise your eyebrows or say like, nah, I wouldn't have done that. Or yeah, I like that move. Um, I mean, I think the Amari Cooper thing in Dallas is really interesting. Dak isn't really the same guy without Amari Cooper. So I thought that was a big loss. I think Dallas has been kind of picked apart in free agency. I was yeah. out on Dallas after this season anyway, regardless. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Dallas fan. I don't hate the Cowboys, but I'm not a Dallas fan. And, you know, I just – I can't keep falling into that trap where I think that they're going to – they're gonna win or do something. They don't. They won three three playoff games in twenty five years. They, they had me last year. They they had me going last year. I'm not gonna lie. Dan Quinn came in to flip the script on that defense. Dak was back healthy. He started the season lights out. Um, and on paper, they just looked great. Michael Parsons obviously, you know, was a a home run out of park. But uh, Mike McCarthy, some issues down the stretch. Clock management Get him out ended of up here. killing them. Uh, and now they deal with the Cowboys do. Every year. So, yeah, I'm, I won't say I'm out on them because they are still in the NFCs. So they are still going to go to the playoffs and have a chance. But I, I, I won't give completely up on them yet. But, I mean, God, I mean, it's been so long since they've been really, uh, really, you know, contenders in, in, in real life outside of, you know, every channel you turn on that tries to make them one. It's been decades. Decades. If we're keeping it, if we're keeping it real, like, I mean, it's just they're, they're America's team. They're always interesting. They're always fun. They always got something going on. But what I've the conclusion I've come to with the Cowboys is just just all smoke and mirrors. It's just all brand. I love Dak Prescott. I love Micah Parsons. Yeah. I thought their defense was incredible this year. They have stars yeah. everywhere. But somehow they managed to trick it off every single time. <laughs> and I think I think the problem with the Cowboys because I know Cowboys fans get all sensitive and stuff. My mom's a Cowboys fan. So I try to not bother her. We, we all got people that are close to us that are no. lifelong. Cowboys. No, no matter where you're from, they've done no a great question. job of that. I tell you that. No, they no are. Question. They are the one thing the Cowboys have that you cannot take away from them. They are the biggest brand in sports in the whole world. Not an opinion. Yeah, they have the biggest, most profitable brand. All the the Euro leagues, uh, soccer clubs, baseball, Yankees, whatever. Nobody's bigger than the Cowboys. Period. You, and part of that is because you either hate the Cowboys or you love the Cowboys. Yeah. There's very, very few yeah. people who are indifferent about the Cowboys. So they're fun to talk about because people have strong opinions about it either way. I think that their free agency has really not gone very well. And the way that the season ended, I don't feel like they're going to be the same next year. Teams are different year to year because of free agency, because of trades, because of drafts, because of injuries. But the Cowboys, that division isn't going to be the same. I don't really like Wentz that much, but he's you think, I was about to say, you think anybody's really closed that gap, though? Commanders, I mean, they can win. Nice, Philadelphia had a nice season. They could take a yeah, step up this they year. Surp- they, su- they surprised everybody. Surprise sure surprised me. Yeah. Wentz is much better than Taylor Heineke, and I don't, I don't mm. like Wentz. I have a lot of questions about him, but he's better than Taylor Heineke. They're going to be better. Hey, I think I think Wentz is going to surprise a lot of people out there in Washington. For I'm some not a Wentz reason, fan. I think, I've never I'm, been a Wentz I, fan, though. No, I always I, I was always a Dak guy. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be a Wentz fan at this point. Yeah, and is. I've I've ridden that through the, the ups and downs the whole way. Wentz is now on his third team. We have two uncomfortable exits where we've had we've heard locker room and coach issues. 
one time okay maybe you know what i'm saying maybe somebody had a grudge whatever two times all right come on dog. <laughs> yeah. like everywhere you leave it's a problem you're on your third team right yeah he just, he's just we know what he is at this point he's a highly productive player that is reckless and he is for whatever reason chosen to either a not be coached out of that or adjust his game so i mean i still think he's very talented but one i think i think it's i think it's exaggerated the success that Wentz has had because he had that mvp year that boy, that, 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 MVP. that's all it takes he did not win the MVP. This is the thing about the league. It's hard for people to forget, especially when guys get drafted as high as he did. When you go number two overall and you do have that almost MVP, like you can ride that for so long. And a guy oh, like bro. on the flip side of that, a guy like JC Jackson, who just signed, you know, five for 82, if he was a top five pick like Jalen Ramsey was he'll be getting paid 25 million dollars a year right now so it is it, it's crazy people really can't forget that uh that draft positioning for some reason so he's been he's been riding that but uh he is reckless and that's definitely something you can't have at the quarterback position but uh, before we get to you we'll talk a little bit more about these quarterbacks guy that's not as reckless takes care of the ball one back-to-back mvps obviously you know in the media some people hate him some people love him some people admit on him. Aaron Rodgers, he decided to stay in Green Bay, signed a, a huge deal. Uh, I was on your show, actually, uh, before it actually happened. You were convinced he was leaving. He was out of there. I t- hey, Joy, chill. chill. He's not going nowhere, Joy. You look around that division, he stayed where he stayed. Um, Devontae Adams, he's got franchise. He said he's not playing under it. Interested to see how that plays out. But um, how do you think it goes with Aaron Rodgers, and were you really surprised that he ended up staying in Green Bay? The longer that the free agency, just like his decision dragged out, the more I was convinced he was staying and they were just working out a deal because he's really holding the whole league in this holding pattern. Like nobody could make any moves. He was the first domino that had to fall. And then it ended up being Russell Wilson being the first move that was made. But I think that Denver kind of knew that Green Bay was working out a deal with him. I was convinced at the beginning of the season he was out of there. Then the way that the season ended, I was even more convinced that he was leaving. But the longer that it took for him to announce his decision, the more I was like, now he's saying they're just working out a deal. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't blame anybody for taking more money. We all want more money. And this is what Mm -hmm. for me, I can separate the two things. You're a professional athlete. That means that you work as an athlete for a living. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get paid (laughs) like everyone's trying to get paid. That's what you you do. So I'm never mad at at athletes for taking more money, but I do think at the quarterback position, and especially once you get into the legacy years of your career, it tells me different things about what you're trying to accomplish. So two things can be true. I can be totally cool with you taking all the money, but I can also not think that you're a Super Bowl team anymore, which I don't. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he's, he's had one Super Bowl in his career, which is, he's still a first ballot hall of famer, going to go down as a legend, all those things. But he's not really in the Super Bowl winning business. <laughs> like he's not. When you take up thirteen point four percent of the cap, you're he, not he got the friendlier cap hit though. No, he did change. He adjusted all bit. But here's the thing. Here's a statistic that I always bring up because I think it's very telling. And I'm not a big stats person, but I think when you have years and years and years of something that's consistent, you have mm-hmm. to consider it. Since 2011, if your cap hit at the quarterback position is 12.4% or higher, you don't win a Super Bowl. Mm. That's a lot of time. 
The highest, the top two biggest hits were Tom Brady in 2020. That was 12.3%. And then Tom Brady three or four years before that, and I think it was 12%. And both of those are Tom Stafford's last year. Stafford's wasn't uh Stafford's wasn't that high. Okay. So so basically if you're over that, you can't you don't want a Super Bowl. So can you? Sure, those, you know, those trends can be broken. But what it tells you is if your quarterback is too expensive, you can't afford to have the talent around you that you need to win a Super Bowl, not get to a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. So nah. beyond that, I, we've seen enough consistent results from, from Aaron Rodgers yeah. that he does take care of the ball. He is incredibly talented. I thought he had an MVP season. I thought he deserved the MVP. But he ain't a postseason quarterback. He showed, he showed mm. a smallest postseason game, no doubt about that. No, he ain't no, a postseason no. quarterback. Yeah. He is a great regular season quarterback, which there's value in that. We've mm-hmm. seen guys who have had incredible careers at being excellent regular season quarterbacks. He has one Super Bowl, so nobody can say he's not a champion. Mm-hmm. But you had the number one seed in the NFC, in a tough NFC. It's not what it is now. A tough NFC, number one seed, home field advantage against Jimmy Garoppolo and a wild card team. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody wants to say it because everyone's got to be real precious with Aaron. I mean, I've said it multiple times. That yeah. was a disaster. I don't care yeah, about Tennessee. I'll never trust Tennessee, okay? But when you are a back-to-back league MVP, you kicked up all the gust you kicked up all season long, which I'm cool with. Thank you for the content. Mm-hmm. We had something to talk about every day. But you can't do all that and then lose in your first playoff game at home as a number one seed if it was anyone other than aaron Rodgers, that would be all we could talk about yeah, that would be a boy head, whoever it was it was it's a disaster yeah i mean i, I was that's, on that's a mark on your legacy you got For you sure. have to consider that no no yeah. question i, I mean um, i'm watching watching that game i turned that game off i thought it was a wrap for um for for san fran I don't know why you thought that. Come on, man. Jimmy G over there, man. Man, you you, you cut it out. Come on, man. Come on, you man. Jimmy G over there. Find a way to cut win. Hopefully, cut we find out. a way to get him in Indy. You looking at this landscape. That's our best option right now. But uh, before we move on, another quarterback that moved the same day Aaron Rodgers signed, Russell Wilson, went out to the AFC West, which is an all-out arms race at the quarterback position. And now on defense, uh, it's looking like the Raiders just signed uh, Chandler Jones. Uh, to a nice deal, mm-hmm. Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson went over to the Chargers. Um, Randy Gregory went up to Denver. So they, I mean, everybody's getting past rushers and obviously passers. Uh, how do you think? How do you like that move for Russ in the in the Broncos? Man, you think that makes them a legit contender? And where do they fall in that AFC West hierarchy right now? I definitely think it makes them a contender. I mean, we've been looking at Denver for a couple of years now. Like they really just need. A quarterback. I mean, that's why they they moved Elway, I think, out of that role, or Elway moved out of that role because obviously, you know, he's a his his legacy is cemented. But they've been yeah. having some turnover at the quarterback position. Like, some it's hard to do. Everybody wants a quarterback. Obviously, I think it was an, a great move for us. I was shocked by it, to be honest with you, because if I was, I don't understand how Seattle makes that move unless Russ says he's not playing there no more. Yeah, I just don't know how you do it. If I have a Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime, in my building, I'm not moving him unless he comes in the room and bangs on the table and says, I'm not playing here no more. It's not even a question. It's a non-starter. Next, next what's the other problems we have? Because that's the hardest thing to get. That's the hardest thing to do. 
So I was really surprised. Especially your 70-year-old uh, head coach. Probably not really trying to hang around for a rebuild. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. I mean, I, Russ I, has we, always been – up until last year, Russ has always been go Hawks. The, yeah, the perfect soldier. Right. Company guy. Yeah. No, I, 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 just, I just always thought it was – some of that was BS, though. Like Some of what? That Russ, like, you know, company guy. I just thought some of that was – I mean, was, yeah, was, was it BS. always you is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it always so, is because everything isn't always perfect, so we know that. But to publicly right. – he was he was the best along with, like, a Tom Brady at just being like, nope, it's on me. Just pour water on the fire. Let's yeah. move on. Like, he he was the anti-drama guy for the long – put When he put that list out, them, what, uh, them four until, teams – Up until last year, he was. Yeah. So yep. that's why we, you know there was there was definitely some you know some smoke on that fire, but I think it, I think it makes Denver instant co- contenders. I mean they've they've got weapons, they've got a great roster. We'll see about the coach. You know it is it is a new situation, new coach. They're going to have a new owner, but Denver's a great organization, great fan base. You know they're they're a legendary franchise and a championship winning franchise as well. It's one thing if you're going to a place that's never won. Yeah, they've had success, so they have standards and they know how to win regardless of who's in the building. So I think yeah. it's a great move. The AFC West is crazy. Loaded, loaded. But everyone's freaking out about that and the division. I mean, he was just in a tough division. So it's not like he yeah. doesn't have experience having to it's play. It's different over here, Joy. It's so, different. We got to the top. Right. Go AFC ahead, West. <laughs> we talking quarterbacks. Rank your quarterbacks in AFC West. Oh, One shit. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, so I have to go. I gotta go, Mahomes. All right, I'm gonna go, Mahomes. Fair. Um, and I'm Debatable, gonna go Russ. I'm gonna go Russ, and then <clears throat> Justin Herbert, and then Derek Carr. And I like Derek Carr, so I'm really splitting hairs with Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. Now I'll tell you what it is about Ooh. Justin Herbert. I know everybody gets crazy about Justin. Hold on now. Now, now Russ is disrespectful just, enough just, at this point. Not everybody, Russ, but Russ now let, let, her, let her explain herself, D. But hold Russ on now. Russ is disrespectful enough at this point to put him at two. But splitting the hairs listen, with the car? I, I love Justin Herbert. I'm still sick. Justin Herbert isn't in Miami. Okay? Yeah, you and me both. I've been on Justin Herbert. I think he's super talented. He's really smart. He's a franchise guy. He's a he's somebody you could build around for the next 15 years. I think he's going to win. He's definitely going to win a Super Bowl eventually. And I think he's going to be great and have an amazing career. But here's a problem. You have to, at some point, be evaluated by the winning that you provide. I know people don't like to call court like the wins and losses a quarterback stat, right? But, yes. but it is the most important position. <clears throat> Right. There's a reason we always talk about quarterbacks. There's a reason we're not ranking rosters right now or ranking quarterbacks, because that's how important it is. So you can have all the talent in the world. If it's not translating to winning at some point. I got to take that into consideration. I just do. I do, because if we're going to talk about it as much as we do, if we're going to levy the importance that we put on it as a position, if we're going to pay what it pays, if we're going to go through all the drama whenever they move, well, okay, well, then you got to also provide some winning. And here's my, here's why I put Justin Herbert where I put him, because he is wildly talented. We know that. No third question. in the right? AFC West is where Joy put him. He's third. Patrick Mahomes is one, period. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is one. I don't care what all these people talking about. No, Patrick one Mahomes a. is one. He won A. He's one. Russ <laughs> is two. He has a Super Bowl. He 
was a franchise quarterback for 10 years. He's still in his prime. He has produced winning. He's a winner. No, no, no doubt about it. Justin Herbert came into the league in the same draft as who? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just played in a Super Bowl with Cincinnati. Don't bring up Joe Joe Burrow and the Chargers roster. Whose would you take? Oh no, Joy. No, no, you come on, D Bot. You a football guy, man. Look, you look at those rosters. Chargers had a better offensive line. Everywhere else, the receiver weapons. Who you going, Chargers or Bengals? I'll probably go with the Bengals if we keep it in the book. Chargers got some. Chargers got some dogs now. Dogs, absolute dogs. But one through three, and then you got the tight end as well. Bengals, I think, had the better um, receiving option. The Bengals just played in the Super Bowl, so I'll give them the nod on the roster. Defense. It's not like you would look at the Chargers roster and be like, nah, that's look what he's playing with. So I'm saying terrible run defense. At terrible special point. teams. <laughs> Over aggressive head coach, rookie at rookie head coach. Oh, that. You, you you but you you like that though the over aggressiveness though D but you you I praise do. them all all year. I do, but a part of that is because you know and you know this is a a b. Joy, you know this as well. If you got a defense that I know can't stop the run, I got a special teams unit that I damn sure don't want to put on the field. Wow. Should ever go. I just the best player. He probably feels like that's the best player in the league as a coach. If you see a guy every day, every day in practice, every day on Sundays, you see his percentage. We we all watched the Raiders Chargers game when they went for it on fourth down ten times. It seemed like he got eight or nine of them. So come on, man, I, I do like the aggressiveness. But he's a rookie. You got to scale it back at times. Yeah. So he'll he'll learn, and I think they'll get better, and they'll take those steps. Russ is definitely a winner. Derek Carr, I, I I couldn't label him as a winner. He still hasn't had a playoff victory. I think no, but Derek Carr and and I and I put Derek Carr under Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert is more talented than Derek Carr. But what Derek Carr did this year to me, with all the dysfunction and everything that happened with the Raiders, you gotta give him credit for that. Fair. So, yeah, so no when doubt. you're talking about leadership, you have to like when I'm talking about a quarterback, you gotta evaluate everything. And I know people don't like to give wins and losses as a quarterback stat. I feel you, but at some point. You got to win games. And at some point, you got to win in the postseason. Justin Herbert hasn't been to the postseason yet. Joe Burrow just played in a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. So it ain't like impressive. It ain't like really? to come. So I'm not saying impressive. I take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert right now, of course. But I'm saying if we're ranking people, it's Mahomes. But Russell Wilson is above Justin Herbert right now. Uh-huh. He, he, he is. We know where I stand on this, but we, we shall see. Time will tell. I mean, we're going we to talk about this again, either the Herd, Joy Taylor Show, back of the man. We're going to talk about this again. Trust me. But um, let's move on. Uh, Wish your team could find some next level talent. When your business needs someone with the right skills fast, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is it makes hiring easy, all in one place. For example, the assessments. Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking, all the way to coding. Start hiring now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer good for a limited time. 
Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports, joy, getting you. Obviously, you've been around sports your whole life. Um, older brother, Jason Taylor, Hall of Famer, now on the staff at the U. Hmm. I'm super excited about it, uh, but let's talk about you. Um, you played a bunch of sports, I know, in high school, but where, I guess, did your sports journey start in, um, in your life? Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, if you know anybody from Pittsburgh, they're a sports fan in some capacity. At the very least, they watch the Steelers. So that's just yeah. that's just how I grew up. It's Great sports being, town. Yeah, just yeah. being around not just you know men, but just people. Like, everybody mm-hmm. watches sports i always tell the story that my grandmother and my aunts lived together like the golden girls and <laughs> you were at their house at any point if any game came on whatever we're watching cartoons whatever else is on is getting turned off and the game is being put on like and if, if the steelers lose it's a bad day it's a bad, it's a bad week everybody's complaining everybody's bitching so yeah. and i know they I, saw a bunch of championships and they saw still Kurt. they saw winning pedigree yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just the lifestyle there you know it's just it's a sports town and that's what everybody does is you know drink and you know eat a, eat is a anybody else good things. besides the Steelers and Pittsburgh like I don't I never hear about the Pirates and the Pirates you know the Pirates uh, <laughs> Pirates have been good in a while but you know yeah. we had our days you know they had their they had their moments and and obviously back in the day we were legendary but, you know, it's just a sports town. So in college as well, Penn State, Pitt, and yeah. high school sports, is especially high school football, is huge in Western Pennsylvania. So it's just a sports place. And so I just grew up around sports, and then I played sports growing up. I played basketball, ran track, played volleyball and soccer, and I ran track my, my freshman year of college. And then I kind of realized, you know what, I'm probably not going to What was your favorite out of all of them? What was your yeah, favorite sport? Yeah, what was your favorite sport? I mean, I would say track. I played basketball and ran track the longest, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I ran track in college, so I would I would say that that because I was the best at that. I would okay, say you were a sprinter. Sprinter, yeah, yeah. I ain't running no long what, distance. <laughs> what was your uh, what? So what was your what was your times? Hundred, two hundred. Oh no, I don't remember. I hate no, first of all. I, I never what, had were your, the what were your events? I need to know the events you ran. That's I never right. had the thighs for the two hundred. You gotta have you gotta have those those track thighs. I was <laughs> in high school. Um, I could never run the two hundred. I hated that. The I I did the one, the four by one, the four by four, four hundred. Um, I love the relays. I bet I you know I played a lot of team sports, and the relay was always fun to me because it was yeah. You know, we're racing. You know, we're going up against everybody else, but it's a it's still a team event. So. Uh, did not love the 400. That was the worst. Oh, Always try to duck man. out because you know the four, right the four by one, I run at the end of the meet too. So if you weren't originally signed up, anyone who you know runs track knows like yeah. you try and sneak out or hide because coach would always try and put you in the event at the last minute. <laughs> yep, <laughs> worst. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I love playing sports. When I got to college, I realized I wasn't, I wasn't going to the Olympics. And listen, being a college athlete is a lot. It's a huge yeah. commitment. And I just realized, I was like, you know what? This is probably not for me. I'm not going to study anything particular that has to do with with this that would benefit me, like, you know, being a trainer or wanting to be a coach or something. So I was like, I'm just going to enjoy the rest of my college experience, which I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the right decision. But I, I also I love being able to have the experience of getting recruited 
and, you know, going on recruitment trips and seeing different schools and going through. I was about to ask you, how was that process for what, what schools did it come down to? It was between, I, I, I narrowed it down to, I got recruited for soccer too, but I wasn't going to, it was only D2. So I wasn't going to, um, play soccer, but, uh, it came down to Kent state and IUP, which is where I ended up going. But, Mm -hmm. um, Kent state, you know, it was Ohio. I'd spent a lot of time in Ohio, Jason, Growing up in I was about, how would Jason feel? Isn't that a rivalry? Kent State and Akron. My little brother went to Akron. And they hated, hated Kent State. Yeah, they don't like Kent State. <laughs> 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 but I spent a lot of time in Akron. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a good experience. I think it helps me now a lot in my career being able to talk about college sports, like knowing what the mm-hmm. process of being recruited is, knowing what you know the NCAA rules, uh, well, used to be for yep. college athletes, how demanding it is, and all of that. So that those experiences. I think help me now being a broadcaster and, you know, I can speak to them from a, you know, a personal space, not just, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, so college, so what did you end up majoring? Did you go into journalism, sports, uh, journalism? How was that path? No, my, my first major was psychology because okay. I thought that I wanted to uh, be a, a psychologist in a, in a, uh, <laughs> So I saw Gothica with Halle Berry. So I thought I wanted to be a, a doctor in an asylum. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I started out, that was actually my either first or second major. It was poli sci psychology, and I ended up on sociology. So, so psychology was my minor. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. It's very yeah. interesting. I took some classes my first semester, and I went to my professor after the semester was over, and I was like, just be honest with me, how long am I going to have to be in school if I want to like have my own practice or, you know, be a doctor? And he was like, oh, probably like 12 years. I was like, what? That's a long time. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just talk shit about sports instead. So I I switched to broadcasting and it was, it was obviously the right move, but um, yeah, Halle Berry Gothica. That that's what that's what got you to think you was gonna be a a, a shrink. Great movie though. Halle Berry was my it. hero, and it was uh it was an interesting movie. I was like, yeah, yeah maybe I'll check out. I don't even now. I can't even like imagine going to an asylum every day. That's a lot. What movie was that with Leo DiCaprio? Um, that Shutter Island. Uh, where he's like, I've never seen Shutter Island. Uh, yeah, I got, have you seen that? He was. Movie? Oh, yeah, I, know was, uh, I know what you're talking, I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, yeah, that that was good ass movie. All right, so what, how was that pivot? What was that pivot like? How did you get your start? Um, getting into you know the sports media space, and how how was it starting? Also, as coming after you know a, a brother like Jason, who was you know household name, like I said, Hall of Famer. Obviously, I grew up in South Florida Dolphins fans. He was one of my favorite players. So getting into the business, I'm sure people would look at you as jason's little sister first and now you're joy taylor you 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 know you got your own shit so how how did that start though in the beginning well i started in the business in at barry university in miami um that's where i graduated from and finished school and i when i transferred there i was in a media course like a, a undergrad media course and someone from the radio station at the school came to speak to the class and was like we need hosts for the for the student radio station. So, you know, come by, sign up for a shift and like, you can host your own show. And I was kind of surprised, like, what, why, why do you need people to sign up? Like, this is crazy. This is a, 
good opportunity. Yeah. Everyone should be down there trying to you know get experience. So anyway, I went down and signed up and I ended up being a manager at the station um, before I graduated. But that's where I really started was at WBRY at the school. And that was just, I mean, nobody's listening. It's like 15 people or like whatever, if you happen to get it on your AM station while you're driving through Miami shores. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's a live opportunity. And as you guys mm -hmm. know, the, the more reps you get, the better you get. You get your mistakes out while you don't have a bigger audience. And that's really where I fell in love with radio because I always liked the idea of being able to be a personality. And I always try to stay a little bit ahead of the trends in our business, which is always changing mm -hmm. and pay attention to what people are doing and where the business is going. And what I noticed in college was there weren't as many news shows anymore where it was just getting the information. There were more and more opinion shows popping up. First take, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his and hers, um, PTI, you know, those shows were the shows that were really doing well. And similarly in news, it was all opinion about the news. Mm -hmm. So I had never really wanted to be a reporter, but I, I was like, that's the lane I want to be in is I want to be a personality. I want to give my opinion about the news. Yeah, I want to talk my shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to find <laughs> the news. I don't want to have to be the source. I want to react to, to, to the source, to the story. So I just started shaping my career in that way while I was still in school, because not only I knew that's what I wanted to do, but also I felt like that was the way that the business was going. And, you know, here we are. That's this what that's what most of the business is. I mean, it's so many different ways to get stories now. And athletes now have the platforms to just put their own story out there. It's really changed a lot. So I've also never really wanted to be a reporter uh, at the locker room. I know that's that's y'all thing, but it's, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not driving up in the locker room trying to source things out like people who do that have such respect for because it's it's really a grind like you really have to have yeah. certain kind of relationships and it's a completely different uh way of going on about the business i have sources but i'm more of a like mm, i know this so that's how i'm gonna yeah form my opinion right. but i'm not really interested in breaking stories so i started there and then I started interning at uh wqam in miami which is a sports radio station there with joe rose who's mm -hmm. a former Miami Dolphin player. So I did that in college, and then I interned for DJ Laz, who was uh, a morning show host, legendary DJ in Miami. What was that, Power 96? Power 96. Power 96, okay, yeah. So I was the – I ended up just kind of working as the as the morning show producer there and got a, probably the most influential experience for the start of my career because I was doing everything. I was booking guests. I was setting up events. I was doing the prep for the show. I was making sure everyone was on their schedule. I was putting mm -hmm. stuff up on social media. I was just doing, I was running the show as an intern and they just trusted me with that responsibility. But it was a great experience for me because now I do so much of that still today, but also for my own show and for right. my podcast. And I was doing my podcast, like you have to know how to put these, put the structure of a show together. Yeah. And so it really taught me a lot about just, hands-on how to do a show and uh so after that i kind of graduated in a weird time similar to uh what a lot of students dealt with with covid over the past two years because when i graduated there was a, a hiring freeze around the whole business because what is now iheart was a clear channel and mm -hmm. they owned the most yep. amount of radio stations around the country and they fired half of their workforce 
Damn, so, was this around um the recession that uh 2008 collapse? 2009. Okay, yeah, that's the same year I got drafted. And a lot of the the deals that a lot of the guys were getting every year before, hey man, I'm getting a car deal, a phone deal, all that shit was put on hold after that recession. Yeah. So yeah, we graduated around the same time. Yeah. So it really affected the business. So so mm -hmm. the job that I was supposed to have evaporated and I was kind of lost for a little bit. It took me some time to really get my bearings back in the business. But um, after a while, I ended up getting a job at QAM where I had interned originally um, because the people who I had interned for were still working there. And I did a great job of my internship, which was, you know, what you should do. Yeah. And I started as a part time producer. I think I was making like eight fifty an hour for the Sid Rosenberg show in the afternoons like answering phones and getting coffee and copies, mm -hmm. you know, what assistant producers or yep. part-time producers do, yep. uh, running the board occasionally. And, but I always made sure everyone I worked for always knew I wanted to be on air and that was my goal. So whenever Sid could, he would bring me on air and, you know, we'd do a little thing and I'd save all that for my reel and then do weekend shifts and write about high school sports and cover youth sports and, you know, freelance with whatever was going on, covering entertainment stuff and bartending on South Beach and at a uh, stage in Miami and design district. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know that was a man. No telling what you saw, man. Those days, boy. Ooh, woo. Uh, yeah, Memories, but you know boy. that's what I had to do. Like Miami's an expensive place to live, and obviously I was very blessed to be able to get a job in a big market, a top twenty market, out of mm -hmm. school. Not right out of school, but you know to get that opportunity. And yeah, you gotta, they don't tell you, you're not gonna make any money when you start in this, like no money when you start in this business. Yeah. And you know, most businesses don't pay well right away, but mm -hmm. this is it's a tough business to break into and you're probably gonna have to work multiple jobs. And even when you get to a certain point, you, I mean, I still have multiple jobs. I don't have one job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, that's something that most people in the business do because it is a very volatile, crazy business. But that was how I started and then worked up as a producer to a full-time producer, executive producer, and then eventually got the opportunity to host the morning show with Zaslow in Miami, um, which we did for a couple of years. And that was really when I, I really began to feel comfortable as a personality and, you know, be able to lean into my voice having that show because one, it's radio. So it's four hours long. Yep. So you got to talk. Mm -hmm. And we just had a good, we had a good four hours and then y'all gotta like oh, right. damn near reset every what 15 minutes yeah. yeah and when you're doing local it's different because you really got to talk about you can't just skip out on you know hockey or you know yeah. it's oh, a Wednesday, <laughs> marlins game like you got to get into it because that's that's yeah. the fan base you know so it was it was great experience it, it really launched my career and after that show that's when i got the opportunity to come to fs1 so that's kind of an abbreviated version of it with lots of this all the way through but yeah you know it was um at some point yeah like being being jason's sister it was never a negative thing because jason as you said has an incredible um reputation mm -hmm. but you know there are gonna be people that assume that you're only there because of that and there's people that still say like oh like jason got you your job like okay <laughs> uh, well, what am i gonna do like if that's what you think right. that's what you think um I, I can't get bothered by that anymore, but, um, you know, it's just, it's been a crazy, crazy experience, a long journey, but it's, it's, it's an amazing business to be in. I wouldn't want to do anything else. 
and yeah. it's taken a it takes a long time like it's it takes levels the one thing i'll say though is i really feel we're always impatient about where we are you know mm -hmm. in our career, we're like i should be here i should be doing this or i should have this show or this role or whatever and like when i really look back on it i've always been impatient but every step and every job that i had prepared me for what I'm doing now. Step. Yeah. Yeah. And like if so if you really value if you take the time to value where you are and like soak up those experiences when you do get the opportunity, you'll be ready for it. And it's very cliche, but like I didn't now that's know real that, that being yeah. recruited for track was going to be able to help me talk about confidently, you know, NIL and why that stuff's important mm -hmm. because yeah. I lived that and i took from that experience and i didn't know that being a part-time producer was going to be able to help me produce my saturday radio show which i do now and you mm -hmm. know be able to do everything myself because i did that making eight dollars an hour and you know you sit there like damn this is mm. this is what i'm doing but like yes this is what you're doing because this, yeah. this is what you're qualified to do right now <laughs> Right. And whatever, whatever, whatever role that is, whatever, yeah, whatever role you got, you got to be fully, obviously, fully invested, yeah. uh, bought in. That, like you said, that's that's life in general. That, that's sports. That's teams. Sometimes you might be that guy who's you just gonna be a, a gunner, or you're gonna be a hold up guy, and then you get your opportunity. Somebody get hurt, you get a couple starts under your belt, belt, and never come off the field again. So that's how it is, man. Take full advantage of every opportunity. I got a and question for you. Good and treat people good on the uh, while you're there too, because you never know. That's a fact. Yeah. You yeah. never know who's gonna be in charge of the next place, mm -hmm. or who you're gonna be working with, or whatever. And you know, sometimes it's best just keep that little opinion you got to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Vent to the homie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Your, your, your relationships is relationships is real. Um, but question for you though, like being a woman in the space, right? um and you talked about it earlier just as far as like you know just where the um <clears throat> the platform is now where it's a lot of opinions right you give your opinions and um i follow you on twitter i know sometimes you know you got some assholes on there men that when it comes to sports don't really value the opinion of a of a woman right mm -hmm. being a woman in this space like just talk about some of those um you know, things that you have to, to overcome, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started in the business, it was a really different landscape than it is now. Mm. I didn't really have anybody, I didn't have an OG. I didn't have anybody telling me what to do or who I should be talking to or how it works or what I should avoid or any of that. And there just really weren't a lot of women in the space. Like there were no women in the radio space in South Florida when I started down there like there would be a couple maybe interns or something but there's nobody That's on crazy. there mm -hmm. so you know a lot of it i had to learn myself and as as it's changed as it's grown and you are seeing more and more women in different spaces which is a good right. thing we got a long way to go but um, you know, the, the landscape is, is definitely changing. And I think that's a good thing. I also think that the more that it changes and the more that you see women in the space, the more it becomes less of a big deal you know, mm -hmm. and it's less of a, oh, it's a woman being hired for this, or, oh, it's the first mm -hmm. woman to call this game or, you know, whatever, be this coach or all those things. And like I said, there's still a lot of those firsts to happen, but you're always going to have misogynists and, you know, people who just don't, they, they're used to what they're used to and they're, right. you know, knuckle draggers and there's nothing you could do about <laughs> those. 
And there's like, there's those people that are on the far end of it. And generally people who are all the way on the end of anything are not really, you can't really have a conversation with them because they're just, they're just set in their ways. They've made their decision about what they're going to think and what they're going to do. It's more about the people in the middle that, that I'm trying to move. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's really, when you're a woman in this space, you have to be perfect all the time. Like you can't make any mistakes. You can't say somebody Mm -hmm. was traded when they were really cut or, you know, you can't misquote someone's name. You got you have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. That I think is the fundamental difference between men in the business and women in the business is that okay. you just have no space for mistakes. And because it's sports fans, you know, people are passionate and they're gonna let you know that you messed up that pitcher's name <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. you know, we talk for a long time, we talk for three hours a day. I'm probably gonna say somebody's name wrong or you know get a stat wrong or whatever, yep. but you just have to be so much better in every space to get into that space as a woman. And mm-hmm. I think that is not that I think the expectations should be lower, but I think that's the difference that one of the main differences that women face that men don't in this space is that you can't just be average. Like you got to yeah. be great. And then yeah. the more, like then you got to always be on time and then you can never make any mistakes on air and then you can never you know take too much time off like there's always a different standard for women than there is for men in the business as far as like talking about sports that's more of the space where i think we've we've come come a long way like there used to be the whole like oh like she never played thing right like uh yeah but so Colin Coward didn't play yeah (laughs) i was about to say most men on tv didn't play either yeah, there's a long list of men who did not play these sports that they talk about every day, and that's not what you're greeting them with. So if that's what you want to start with, like, that's why my opinion is invalid, cool. Well, I don't want to hear <laughs> you talk, well, whoever this person is on, hear you talk about NBA then. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, whatever yeah. The, if that's your standard for it, they got a, lot, a long list of things you can't talk about. So yeah. if, you, if that's the starter for it, which it's generally not because it's so easy to be like, to knock that off. It's just the, it's the subtle stuff. It's the subtle uh, sexism and misogyny that, that I hope will start to change more. Cause the ones on the end, like I, I ain't worry about them. Now I know you had to deal with that. Like you said, being, being one of the early women in the game, like you said, one of the very few down here on radio or just in general now on TV every day, I see on your Twitter, you always got to deal with the assholes, the, the, um, what they call trolls. I got to deal yeah. with them. Maybe everybody got to deal with them. But some people take the high road a lot more often than Joy. <laughs> when did that change for you? Or was that always just how you moved, uh, I guess, in the social media space? Because uh, one part of it is, all right, when you do go back at them, however you go back at it, it just kind of empowers them in a sense because most of these guys, they can't wait for a response from Joy. Right. Like, that's the highlight of day. They're going to show it to every person that they troll with. Like, hey, I got to respond. So <laughs> what's the balance for you? It has that kind of bear, how, you know, how you always move to the space. Well, you know, I wasn't always on TV. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I was, you know, let me just stop there. But. <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm, I'm really with the shits. Like if you want to go, we can go. What's, yeah, you know, ain't nothing but air and opportunity between us. If you mm-hmm. really want that life, but they're not. So to me, the th- the troll thing actually started when I was in Miami. 
because in radio, when I was doing radio, some I don't know if they still do it, but we used to have the, the text line, right? Like you could text into the station. Yeah. And right. sometimes we do it for contests, but they would really want us to use it during the show to like get get fan comments. So our PD would always be like, oh, like read the text line, make sure you're you know integrating the text line. And I would tell them, I'm not reading this. All <laughs> I'm trying to do the show. There's nothing but bullshit on here. Just people talking shit all day. Occasionally right. there'll be somebody with a thought, but this is why am I I'm not reading all this like negative yeah. feedback all day. So I would give it to the producers and be like, hey, just pick one, you know, conscious comments on here and we'll read it. But if there are none, there, there are none. So I kind of already had a a predisposition to the troll community that really exists in its luster as it does now as a young broadcaster. So I, I sort of had a, a tougher skin for it um, that I developed early, which is a good thing now, because as you mentioned, everybody has trolls now. Mm-hmm. Now women get it worse than men. Way worse. For sure. Yeah. And, and black women get it worse than everybody. Mm-hmm. But I just had a different disposition to it, but also I have the mentality that, like, these people would never say this to my face. To your face, facts. Never, never, never. There's nothing you could ever tell me to make me believe that you will walk up to me in person on the streets of Los Angeles and tell me I'm a fat bitch. There's nothing you could tell me (laughs) to convince me that you would do that. I know you wouldn't do that. 100% correct. Yeah. No chance. Zero. (laughs) So I can't really take these people seriously. Like you're not really tough and you don't really mean what you're saying because you would never say it to my face. So it's, I also don't have feelings. Like, so I'm like, if I don't, (laughs) if I don't respect, if I don't respect your opinion, like if I wouldn't ask you for advice, why would I respect your criticism? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, and, and that could apply to a lot of people, but especially an anonymous person on the internet, like I'm not getting in my feelings about that. I got stuff to do today, a lot yeah. stuff to do. And that is just not on the list. Now, everybody, as you mentioned, <laughs> Darius, everybody doesn't take the road that I take. And, and some people do get upset about what's said about them. And I would say this, and this is what I tell people, especially young people in the business, like about how to deal with it. One, Despite the fact that I do sacrifice a troll every now and then, I'm not reading my mentions all day. I'm actually mm-hmm. living my life and doing stuff. So mm-hmm. occasionally I'll get on there, light somebody up, move on with my day. But there'll be <laughs> whole weeks where I don't even get in the mentions. Like I'm not even doing that. I've, I'm just busy. So I would say balance, you know, how much, because I don't think humans are supposed to meant to, to get as much feedback. We're not meant to get as much feedback as we get. Positive yeah. or negative, it's not normal to have this, especially when you're on, you 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 live on air for three hours, yeah. five days out of yeah. It's not normal, but I'm saying even even not when we're on air. Like I think humans are not meant to get this much feedback, positive mm-hmm. or negative, from other people. Like this is it's not normal what we're yeah. dealing with. It's so it's crazy. Yeah, it's just like this vortex that we're in. So you have to find a way to balance it with whatever is good for your mental health. But I just, to me, if you if you're gonna talk shit, you deserve whatever smoke you get. And, I like it. And you would never say it to my face, so I'm not gonna get my feelings hurt. But also, I think for me, I know people ask me like, why do you bother? Because you know it probably validates them or whatever. There are a lot of women who tell me all the time, like, I I love that you do that because I can't do that. Like my job yeah. would get mad at me 
or you know my boss doesn't want me on the internet talking like that or i wouldn't even know what to say but i still get it so <laughs> i appreciate that you do that so you know i'm just out here you know just warrior princess in it for those two yeah, I like I, it. I, I, like I, it. I love to see. It. I saw somebody on my timeline today getting getting lit up from about five, six different uh women in the space on Twitter. I don't know what that was about. I didn't even do, I, I, do my I real saw that too. That, but I said, "Sheesh." I mean, yeah, I saw just, that too. Which is bad, bad. That's a different story. We talk about that off air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but man, uh, but moving on, it's something we got uh in in, in common. AB gets on me a lot about this. At least it looks like What's that. This? All my all my teams that I root for. So oh, in the yeah. NFL, you know, I got I got my Dolphins. That's that's home team. Right. I got my Colts. You know, that's I rock with the Colts. And then uh, Chargers. Justin Herbert has worn me over. I'm a, I'm a full blown Chargers. So, so I got three teams. I know at least for you, you got two. Yeah. I need you to lay out the teams that you who your squad. So I'm not here by myself looking like I'm, you know, because AB tried to call me like I'm a bandwagoner, but I got good reasons why I root for these teams. Well, I will say, I think what you do is actually the new wave. And I noticed this with my nephew, like, I want to say like maybe, it might have been like eight years ago or something. I asked him who his favorite basketball player was. And I'm thinking he's going to say somebody on the heat. And he was like, Russell Westbrook. And I was like, how is he your favorite basketball player? Like, you live in Miami. How you, how you is it not a Heat player? And he was like, I don't know. I just watch all his games, and I, I, I like Russell Westbrook. And it just made me think. I'm like, damn, that's the new wave, actually, because you can see everybody's games. You didn't – when we grew up, yeah. you had to watch what game was on TV. You watched mm-hmm. your local team. Well, now you have access to watch all these games all the time, no matter where you are in the world, NFL, yep. baseball, and basketball. So – if you're a kid growing up, you're more of a fan of players now than you are. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Your basketball, right? Yeah, but, so, but it just moves around so much too. Yeah, it just it's just hard for me though. Just to like on Sunday, you rooting for three teams. Like that's 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 tough. That's tough, right? Man. Like Joy okay, said, so, hey, you're, I, so you're Colts, Chargers, and Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. yeah, yeah Dolphins, all the same I was conference. a Dolphins fan. I was a Dolphins I, fan oh, you know, my, my, my entire life. It, uh, Dolphins, Panthers, Marlins, Heat, you name it. You down here. I'm you the you. Like I'm a fan of like that. Even when I was in the league, I kind of secretly rooted for the Dolphins to win. Like, I wanted to see them do good. My whole family is damn near Dolphins fan. So I want to see them do good. Coach, well, you know, I grew, spent, up, I grew up in Pittsburgh. So I, I yeah. you know, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm always root for the Steelers. But I also love Dan Marino, so I always kind of liked the Dolphins. And then, obviously, Jason went there in 97, so, you know. How long did Jason play down here? He was there 13 years. He played 15, but he was with the Dolphins for 12, maybe, before he went to Washington and then came back to the Dolphins, and then he went to the Jets for a year and then finished his career with the Dolphins. So he played 15 years, but 13 Mm. in Miami. But then, obviously, I was down there. Steelers, Dolphins. That's it. That's two. That's it. That's two. Yeah, and I'm mad at the Dolphins right now. So we're 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 leaving. Whoa, whoa, right whoa! How you? How, where where are you at right now with two? Because AB asked me this a lot too. Because I, I I've been back and forth with two. I'm not gonna lie. When yeah. We drafted them. You I was excited the for two. I, I was excited. I, you you had to be because as a Dolphin fan, like I would. You heard you heard who she said. What quarterback did she say? Dan Marino. Oh, you know what Dan Marino retired. So it's been a long time. 
that we've been looking uh, for somebody at that position. So we're going to get a guy top five. I was excited, but wasn't excited about him being left-handed, a little smaller, a little banged up. But, hey, he's a Dolphin. I'm on board. You can ride. And then we, ride. you know, uh, 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 then we had the chance to get Deshaun Watson. We had the chance to get Justin Fields. I kind of jumped off that table. And then we see Herbert doing what he's doing in L.A. It's like, I'm a, what the hell were y'all doing? I, I can miss this. I can miss Herbert, but not the people that's getting paid to evaluate and go out and interview these guys. So I'm pissed off with you, Joy, but, you know, I'm still optimistic. We're making oh, it ain't some just moves Tua. Right here. It ain't just Tua. I mean, there's that guys blocking for him. They have me sick. Terrible. Mm. We got Ross offering money for laws. We got all type of shit going on. Allegedly. <laughs> but hey. no, listen, I, I was with you. I was excited about Tua when they drafted him. I was like, I'm a buy-in. And I had my reservations about Tua because I feel like if you have multiple injuries in college, that is too. that's a bit of a red flag for me, especially if you're a smaller guy. So I didn't really love, especially the type of injury that Tua had. I didn't really love his injury history coming in. I really liked Herbert, especially after the Rose Bowl game. But they're going to go with Tua, so I'll buy in. Mm -hmm. But I never liked how the Dolphins handled the start of Tua's career because it didn't – I don't like when you take a quarterback top 10 if you don't start them right away. I hate it for so many reasons. One, I I think it completely stunts their development. Two, you're losing time to evaluate if they're really the guy – and if they are the guy, you're losing time where you could bring in more expensive free agents and veterans to build around him so that you can make a Super Bowl run. Because as I mentioned earlier, the way to win a Super Bowl is when your quarterback does not have a huge cap hit. That's how the Chargers go in it this year. But but I'm saying, like, they're, that's why I like the moves that they've made in this, in this uh, free agency period, because they're building around their young quarterback, as they should. So I never felt like the Dolphins did that. One, they didn't turn it over to him. They had Fitzpatrick out there, which look, yeah. everybody loves Ryan, but he ain't a starting quarterback. He's not a franchise. He's not a. He's not a starting quarterback. He is a. Don't back tell it be that. He, hey, he thought that was the right choice. I thought that was the right choice at that moment when they when they brought Tua in. I felt as though if they would have let Fitzpatrick ride that season out, y'all would have been in the offs. But if you we do wouldn't that, win this. Too. If you do that, you got to stick with them and let Tua just not play that year. But you can't and be flip-flopping back and forth. And then right. you that's put Tua what... out there, and then he struggles. You take him out. Like, what are we doing? Either he plays <laughs> or he doesn't. And then to do all that, you don't even make you. the playoffs? Like, what's the point? What was the point? What was the reason? You just oh, waste the time and development. So it's not even that I, I, I don't know that Tua is the future of the Dolphins. I don't know. But I've never actually been able to evaluate whether he is or not. I've never seen anything that has convinced me that he is because y'all are taking him out of the games. It's not even what my opinion is. You're showing how much trust you have in him by taking him out, by not starting in year one. Then he gets injured. Now you're talking about Deshaun Watson for half the year. Like, mm-hmm. you never even committed to Tua. Why should I commit this, to Tua? Y'all didn't commit this to year, Tua. This year three for Tua, right? Yes. Yep. This year three, you got to you know, got to get him an offensive line, and then you got Waddle. You who did he just sign? We just signed another receiver, I think. Um, uh, Cedric, yeah, Cedric Wilson from Dallas. So get him some more weapons, get him some protection, uh, and then you can really evaluate him. And it's we're not as patient with guys as we used to be. That's like right. we just talked about Burrow, Burrow's in Super Bowl year, last this year. Is the year for two, if you don't do it, this yeah, year. but this is the year. Now I don't think yeah. I don't think that's fair because I think they should have committed to him for his first two years and let mm-hmm. him play. 
But this year, they're going to let him play, as they should, and then we'll see what he this is. is I don't Big I year. don't know that he's the guy. We'll see. I just think that the Dolphins are a dysfunctional organization. They have shown time and time again the inability to make the right choice. They fired their coach after oh. back-to-back winning seasons. Like, what are we doing here? What are, what are we doing here? You see, you see how stressful this is to be a Dolphin, hey, A.B.? Y'all, y'all ride with him, though. So I, I we got to. That. You know, we got to. That. Y'all ride with him. <laughs> we so got talk, to, talk about, your other, talk about your other team. You know, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's Mitch Trubisky, I know you man. probably stressed Ooh. out about this, too. You know, you, you bring, in, uh, bring in a quarterback. Do you think this quarterback can get it done for y'all this year? So I'm actually much higher on Mitch Trubisky than everybody else is. Well, I think the Steelers I'm, I'm, are I'm everybody else. Huh? <laughs> I said I'm everybody else. <laughs> You're not – well, let me let me qualify it. I did not want them to go into the season with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins as the quarterbacks. Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky is considerably better than Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I agreed. Mitch is Mitch suffered from ridiculous expectations in Chicago. He made the playoffs twice. He's 29 and 21 as a starter. He played in a Pro Bowl. It's not like he was out there just a disaster. Now, I don't think that Mitch's ceiling is very high. I think he's Mm -hmm. a bridge quarterback. He's not a franchise guy. He's not somebody who's going to win you multiple playoff games and get you to a Super Bowl. There's no illusions of grandeur here for me and Mitch Trubisky. But I do think he's considerably better than Mason Rudolph, who's a backup quarterback, and Dwayne Haskins, who we have no idea what he is. So he, be- he better than what we got in Indy right now. I tell you, I tell you that much. So, so you take I, don't, it- <laughs> I don't think that the Steelers are in a position to – to win a Super Bowl, but yeah. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. And where I think the Steelers made a mistake, and I've been saying this since it happened, Ben got injured and mm. they had to play the season with Mason Rudolph and Zach Hodges. And it was a respectable season for, for those two being the quarterback, right? Still had a winning season. But that was your opportunity. Ben Roethlisberger getting injured should have showed you, okay, it's time to start planning for the future. Maybe we move up in the draft and take one of these quarterbacks. Maybe mm-hmm. we make a play for a, a new franchise guy, but they were loyal for no reason because because Ben was nearing the end of his career. It's time. We all no saw reason. It. they were loyal to not bringing anybody else in under him, and now you're in a situation where you don't have a guy. So if Steelers fans are mad about Mitch Trubisky, they should be mad at the front office for doing that with Ben. We knew it was the end. We yeah. watched it. It was right there in front of us, and they chose to do nothing. So yeah. what I think the Steelers are doing, or what I hope they're doing, is you got Mitch Trubisky, you stay competitive in a very tough division. You have a solid defense, you have a Hall of Fame coach, you've got weapons. Just go out there, win some games. Don't get it, don't get crazy with your expectations. And next year, in a much stronger quarterback draft, do some picks and move up in the draft and, and take a quarterback, make a play, be aggressive, and get your franchise guy. This year's quarterback draft is light. Malik Willis had a yeah. nice combine. Kenny yeah. Pickett has a lot of questions. So there's no point in reaching for a quarterback mm-hmm. like that in this draft if you don't feel confident about them. So I'm not freaking yeah. out about Mitch Trubisky, but I also think the expectations should be reasonable. 
Yeah, they should. And who knows in this league with these quarterbacks? Who knows what quarterback won't be happy halfway through this year and may be available uh, for the Steelers going forward or for a lot of teams out there, my coats included. But um, before we let you get up out of here, tell us a little more about the uh, Joy Taylor Foundation. So you you didn't like Wentz moving on, huh? No, I didn't. I didn't think he was a great – like not a Wentz fan – too erratic with the ball, um, wasn't a great quarterback. But when you look at the landscape, at that point, Aaron Rodgers had already resigned. Russ had been traded. If you want to get one of those two guys, you you want Jimmy G though. I, Jimmy G would be the third option. But I mean, is you were? I think it's a marginal uh, increase right there. But you trading them to them to the Commanders. You don't even get Heineke back. At least if you get Heineke back, I feel better about it. Carson and Heineke may be a toss-up, honestly, to me. But you get nobody right now. We got Sam Ellinger. Uh, uh-oh, we got up out of here. Be right back. We got Sam Ellinger. Um, like we're not we're not marching Sam Ellinger out there. So yeah, yeah, I was I was I wasn't cool with just moving on from him at this point. I think that was more so. This is me. I think it was more so about him not getting vaccinated. And, you know, the because late in the season, you know, D. Leonard had to miss a game. Cars had to miss games. And Ursay wasn't happy about that. He made no bones about it. So that's where the leadership you kept hearing about. Um, but I just wouldn't have moved on right now without a plan. Like you, we just talked about the draft this year. It's not a bunch of guys who just jump off the board um, this year in the draft. We don't have a first-round pick, even if it was. So, no, nah, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with that move. Man. I feel like we're wasting. This is six year in a row. Uh, we talked about the Dolphins this year, number six, where the Colts are going to be starting a different quarterback. Like you, you, you don't win that way. So now nah, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the Colts moving off of Wentz. Not a huge Wentz fan, but I'm not, I'm not a Sam Ellinger fan either. So uh, if we get Jimmy G, though, I feel much, much better with porn star Jimmy in the building. Um, <laughs> much better. Um, no, I like Jimmy G too. I'm higher on Jimmy G than most people, but yeah, You're a winner. I, I you gotta really be. Win. You said quarterback. Quarterback wins. Or I don't no, care what you feel I about Jimmy. He's a winner. Okay. He's gonna. Okay. He's gonna insist on the other team having an opportunity to win the game <laughs> at some point. He's gonna insist on that. But he's he Ow. finds ways to win. Like he he's super confident. Man. You so. can say the same thing about the Super Bowl champ right now, Matt Stafford. He's gonna assist on that, giving that other team an opportunity or three. But you gotta, you gotta build around hey, that. I feel like the coach could have tried chat, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give it to, I gotta give it to Matty though. Matt, Matt got it done. Yeah, why well, you talk about Matt? Hey, Raheem yeah. Morris and that defense got it done. But uh, we, that's another Super yeah. Bowl champ, Super Bowl <laughs> champ. Shout out to Matt, man. He's yeah. the guy right now. Um, Facts. Yeah, so the foundation, um, I've done a lot of work in the, in the nonprofit space over the years. My brother's had a foundation in South Florida um, for youth in South Florida for a long time. And I'm a domestic violence survivor, so I've done a lot of work with different domestic violence groups over the years. And I've been working with an organization out here in Los Angeles called Beauty to the Streets that does uh, outreach for the homeless here in Skid Row, which, you know, the homeless community is, uh, you know, center of conversation in a lot of major cities, but obviously Los Angeles is a, is a very big deal. It's, it's, um, it's a severe you know, issue here. So I, I wanted to try and find a footprint or just a facility to kind of bring everything together that I was doing in that space and also be able to sort of streamline for people what who I'm working with and how they can help support. 
So that's why I made the foundation. So we work with groups that work with domestic violence survivors and awareness, uh, homeless outreach and youth empowerment. And over the Super Bowl, was able to put together flag football camp for girls out here in South Central, which was pretty pretty amazing event. We did the weekend before Super Bowl, had about 200 girls out with Dr. Jen Welter, who's the first yep. female coach yep. in the NFL, and she does camps all over the country. And I still work with URIMYC, which is the biggest domestic violence and homeless shelter in the country, and Beauty to the Streets, as I mentioned, and also have a scholarship program through the foundation as well. So, you know, it's just important to me to to give back. We all, you know, talk a lot of st- stuff all over the place about, you know, want to make things better. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I think we all have the opportunity to. And uh, it's it's important to me to not leave the world the same way I came in. However, I can do that. And I have a I'm blessed to have a big platform. And I try to use that to help amplify others. And and that's really what it's for. Mostly we don't have programs that we run through the foundation or, you know, a facility or, you know, all of that. It's more uh, a platform to lift up those other organizations and amplify what they're doing. And when we do collaborations to, you know, do it through the foundation. So we're growing some stuff. We'll have some more events coming up throughout the year. Uh, That'll definitely let you guys know about, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what the foundation is. Nah, Definitely, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I know we both big on um the philanthropy and give back to the community. So commend you for what you're doing. And I know a lot of people um looking up to you, like you say, you do have that platform and what you're doing with it. I commend you for it. Thank you. Same here, same yeah. here. I know a lot yeah. of people appreciate that. We definitely appreciate it as well. And I appreciate your time jumping on here. I know you got a lot long work days every day, but I appreciate you appreciate you jumping on here with the man to man pod. I'm sure the listeners no really want to enjoy this one. Uh, we definitely enjoy, you know, the insight kind of story. You know, everybody sees you on TV or on Twitter or wherever you are, radio. And but uh, a lot of people don't know the story behind, you know, that journey. Every individual has their own unique uh, story. So I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Um, I, definitely got to have you back it. on. Thank you for having me on. You come on my radio show all the time. Yep. And uh, and I appreciate it. I got to have AB on. Got to. Yeah. yeah. Let me know. Come on. And I'm not, I'm, I would say I'm I'm not as mean as I seem on Twitter, but I don't know if <laughs> Hey, she let you, she with the shits. She with the shits. I love it. Spurred and she had to come down there, Miami. I know if you if you had to bar to the South Beach, you, you got to be with the shits. Ain't no telling what you go see on a nightly basis. But before, before, you, before you go, you with the high school in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I went to Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. Factory. That's a factory. Okay. Yeah, that's uh I asked them um some guys I played with that was from um from out that area. Uh what the quip. Mm-hmm. Um that's what Reeves from, uh, right? Yeah, Beaver Falls. Beaver Falls. Uh Aaron Donald went to Penn Hills, which is right next to Penn Hills. Hill, that's like our, yeah, our rival yeah. school. But yeah, Western yeah, Pennsylvania is a big, big sports area. Um, lots of athletes come there, but obviously Woodland Hills has had a lot of a lot of guys gronk. Um, Steve Preston, Preston. yeah. Um, Miles Sanders, Jason, yeah. Miles Sanders. There's a there's a long list of guys that come out of there, but it's okay. uh, Okay. I know that. I know that that that, that that trophy that trophy area and the banners probably look crazy (laughs) out Woodland Hills. Wolverine, some action down there. Yeah, what's up, man? We appreciate you, Joy. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day.
And there you have it, another episode of the Man to Man Pod. We appreciate Joy Taylor stopping by and chopping it up with us. I'm one half of the Man to Man Pod, AB. Got my co-host, D-Butt. Yes, sir. So y'all make sure y'all tap in, tell a friend to tell a friend, subscribe, like, everywhere, and wherever you listen to your podcast, y'all check us out. Yeah, yeah, all that good stuff.